Census reports indicate 42% of boomer seniors age 60-plus are living solo or single. 47% are women, 18% are men. Coupled with this is the majority are aging in place. Isolation, loneliness can be unintended challenges of living alone. Greetings again. I'm Adam Morgan. Aging and living single without family or close friends for support carries inherent risk that receive limited discussion despite its importance and potential consequences. However, living single can be successfully done. On this edition, we gain a more insightful look at aging alone at the National Aging in America Conference with the Executive Director of Friendship Works in Boston, Ms. Janet Setchell Sirodi. In your work, do you see any overlap in people who are less living single and living alone? Uh, are, are there things that are common to it that one may lead to the other later that the ones who are living single and like that need to do something to interdict and stop it before they get some of the habits of living alone that are not good for them? Well, I think, again, there's a difference between um, living alone and aging alone. So, um, And living alone can be a pleasure for some people and very lonely for others. Um, it depends the reason that they're living alone. Is it by their choice or is it because something has happened in their life that uh, a loved one has died, that they used to live with, that uh, people... Uh, that they don't have family around or so forth, um, that they can't afford a shared living type of community. So it really depends. But either way, living alone, even when it's good, is good until something breaks down in your health or in your mental health and your physical health. And if you haven't planned ahead, um, you can really deteriorate very quickly if, so, if you don't have a community around you. So the important thing is not to be isolated whether you're living alone or with other people. Uh, but living alone gives you a much bigger chance of becoming socially isolated. You're saying living single is fine until something happens. And probably a lot of singles are putting that something happens out of their minds. And how? what would you say to them to say, hey, listen, sit down with a cup of coffee and start thinking about what you need to do when something happens and start putting that safety net in place? Right. So for some people, um, first of all, I want to say that living single, I've never heard that term before. So I love that term. Um, and so I want to just say when you mean that, you mean that it, what I would say is living alone. But you're, you're yeah, yeah, there's some of the studies have shown that 40 percent of boomers in America are living single or living alone. Yeah. OK, right. that's that's yeah. where where, where I am. Yeah. I th well, if people have family members that they would be willing to live with, that they could live with, even if it, it's not their first choice. They really should be talking to them about what happens if something happens to them or what would be the signs of their needing to move in with somebody else or live in a different kind of living situation. The problem with not planning ahead of time is that somebody else will be making that choice for you. If you don't make it for yourself, if all of a sudden you broke your leg or your, your cognitive ability started to go down or you got a chronic illness and you weren't able to have the time, if it was an emergency situation, and you haven't talked to somebody about what the alternative was or if you haven't made arrangements with a friend or family member to live together, the, the medical system will take over, or the government system will take over and find an assist, you know, some rehab. How, how, does, how does the government system take over? That's, that's new to me. 
Well, that's if you don't have money. So this has a lot to do with people, different incomes. So you have to know what you can afford or not. But it's just that you will be, if you're in Medicaid uh, um, or Medicare, there are only certain places where you will be able to move to. You won't have much choice. And if you can't be living alone anymore and the doctor can't send you home alone because you can't do those steps or you're a danger to yourself at that point for whatever reasons, they're going to find some, if they can, some place for you to stay. Or you might wind up in the hospital much longer than you would want, which is probably not a good place for your health. They might find a nursing home for you um, if there are any left to, to, to move into. Um, and some people actually wind up homeless. Um, and it's, uh, they're, they're more older people who are homeless these days, and we can't imagine that for ourselves. But unless you've got a good amount of money, um, there is that possibility as well. I, and I don't want to exaggerate that, yeah. but, but there aren't as many options anymore if you can't uh, live on your own. So talking to a family member, talking to a friend, making arrangements, even figuring out what your finances would be, thinking about those things ahead of time is really important, even if it's a niece or a nephew, if you don't have children nearby, um, and many people don't. Um, or for many older adults. They don't want to see the children. Or their children might be 65 or 70 with more chronic conditions than themselves. We're living so old that, that children might have their own issues and they really can't take care of them. Well, well, boomers many times would just rationalize and say, well, if somebody sends me someplace for a few weeks till I get healthy, I can move back home then. But maybe sometimes that time period is too long and the rent doesn't get paid, things don't get, get done, and next thing you know, you gotta find someplace else to live. You're, you're absolutely right, and, and with so many of us getting older, this is something we've never seen before, so there's no easy prescription, not that there are systems in place in this country for that, or, or in many places of the world, this is a new phenomena. And so, if you can do something in terms of planning ahead for yourself, once you do that, then you're privileged if you have those options. And we all have that obligation. We also have that obligation for those who do have family. We have that obligation to our family because if you've ever been a caregiver or if you've been adult or know people who are adult children of aging parents, uh, the, the best gift you can give to your children is to plan uh, for your future, the what ifs. Um, uh, not that many people, not that many of us will just drop one day. Uh, there's, there's transitions just like as growing up when you're younger and there are different types of living situations are the same thing um, on the other side of our life and we need to face the fact that we are going to die um, someday and I think that that is one of the biggest impediments to us really looking towards our future or we think somebody else will take care of it or I'll deal with it then. Um, but we need to deal now. And I really understand why people don't. I mean, we don't, most of us don't plan for contingencies in our life. We don't. We've got, we're so busy right now with everything that's going on. We don't take care of so many things for our future. And most of the time, that winds up being okay. It doesn't go as well as we want, but it, we figure it out. But there comes a point in your life where you just can't figure it out anymore, so you need to plan ahead of time. Is, is this a situation where uh, maybe a change of housing can help? Because a lot of boomers want to age in place, want to age in their own homes, and maybe they should look at aging in a uh, shared housing situation or changing there or a co-op 
or maybe even a retired community that none of them want to go to right now because there's going to be somebody there, somebody next door, somebody that can help in case something happens. So there is no magic bullet to this. So again, if you are in a situation, it, well, put it this way, everybody should be talking to somebody, whether to a friend, to, to uh, an organization to a social worker if you don't know somebody else who has that to get examples of things that you can and depending where you're living in this country there are, there aren't as many options out there as we need so part part of the thing is taking personal responsibility for that where you can to learn of what your options are pending your particular situation your particular finances where you live where you're able to move and then the other thing is depending where you live, there may not be the options that you really need. And that is a societal problem right now. Um, there are, even I know uh, where I, I live in, in Boston, I have talked to people who have downsized uh, big time from a home, you know, big home, and they've moved to an apartment, and they have not really, you'd think they would have also saved money and things like that, but they actually didn't because the cost of downsizing and the cost of real estate where we live is so incredible that getting a small apartment actually can cost a lot of money. But yet they've, they've gone through that process of getting rid of stuff. That's been at least one good thing, starting to get rid of stuff, giving away things, marking things, um, uh, deciding what, take the steps that you can Get rid of the clutter. Get rid of the things. Keep the things that you really love that mean something to you. Um, make those decisions at least for your future. And I guess the final thing is is uh, women do a real good job. You all do a good job of connecting with each other. You do a tremendous job of that. The Sisterhood Network runs, and even if you may not know each other, but give you 120 seconds, you probably will. Now, a lot of men are just the opposite and if there's a lot of isolation if there's a lot of well I'm single I'm fine right now and they can lump into some of the bad habits and things of social isolation it's men so what do you say to men to say okay come on you know this is what you have to do to learn to connect with people to get out do meetups so that somebody is around to help you in case you need it well that's that's what you need to say what you just said and we also need to find other men who will ask those men to have coffee to meet at a coffee shop and creating opportunities for men to do that with one another I'm hopeful for the next the younger generation of men they seem to be growing up a little bit differently and they may not be the same um, well, well it's a different society where work isn't everything I think the the growing I don't know if it's equality but but synergy between men and women um, today is a little bit different for the younger generations. But men of this generation definitely had that. It's their work, it was their spouse and their family by and large. And um, so what you're saying is absolutely true. Uh, there are programs now that are trying to get men together. And um, I think the man thing is really, the man thing is really um, important and I worry about it. I have a husband who is Honestly, even though I'm married to him, is kind of socially isolated because, like, well, like his friends have died, and yeah. um, he's a little older than me, and he's not. He is exactly like you're saying. He's not going to.
go out, if I meet somebody in the woods taking a walk, I'll say, oh, do you want to have a cup of coffee? But he's not going to ask that person to have a cup of coffee with them. Um, But he's also somebody who's not going to do a group thing, but having a good friend is very, very important. So finding one person that you can talk to on the phone or reach out, but it's not an easy push for, for many men, and they do count on their you know, significant other, their wife, if they, you know, are still married. And when their wife dies, if they are not, or if they become the caregiver for their wife, which is another thing, more men are becoming caregivers. Uh, People used to think about women as caregivers, but there's a lot of men who are caregivers and doing an incredible job of it also. Um, Amazing what people, I hate to say it that way because people have a stereotype that a man wouldn't do that, but um, there are, I, I think men are some of the, are incredible as caregivers that I've that I've seen, uh, but they need to take care of themselves and figure out what their interests are. And I still think having one person that you're going to be able to rely on and count on, even if you don't want a whole cadre of people, but but think about what you need. Yeah. 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 Sure. Okay. Thank you very much. Thank you. The perspectives of Janet Central Sarodi, Executive Director of Friendship Works. Many thanks to her for sharing her insight with us on this edition. Twenty percent of Boomer seniors live in poverty and are reluctant to reach out for assistance or share being lonely. So what can you do? Simple things like sitting, talking and visiting. Volunteer during the year to deliver meals on wheels, especially during the winter season. You get the drill. Just knowing someone is there, dropping by, can make a world of difference. I'm Adam Morgan. Do keep in touch. Stay on your game. And many thanks to you for sharing a few moments of your weekend with us.